Welcome in to the Morning Quickie, Tuesday, June 25th, as we kick off your day uh, last night in the NBA award show. No real surprises. Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, wins his first MVP award. He takes home 78 of the 100 first place votes. James Harden, wait, 78. Uh, I guess they had 101 votes because James Harden took home 23. Unless, I guess, I guess that means someone could have voted twice because there's only 100 voters. So, yeah, 78 for Giannis, 23 uh, for James Harden. Rudy Gobert wins Defensive Player of the Year. Pascal Siakam wins Most Improved. Lou Williams, Sixth Man of the Year. Luka Doncic wins Rookie of the Year. Mike Budenholzer wins his second Coach of the Year award. I would only say my only complaint here would be like, hey, um, is it Giannis or is it Budenholzer? That's my only complaint. Like, who is it? Who gets the credit here? Are we giving it to both of them? Because the Bucks had a you know a great season, a big you know turnaround, finally reaching. Giannis's potential is it Budenholzer who unlocked him or is it Giannis who just took the leap I guess you can give it to both they obviously did to me it would just be like hey um pick one pick one people don't really like this award show we'll see how long they keep doing it I guess it's the NBA's way of staying in the news every week you know, last week was the draft. Week before, we were still talking about the finals. Next week will be free agency as free agency starts on Sunday. So the NBA is trying to stay year-long, and I guess this is their way of trying to do that. Uh, but the NBA award show was last night, and those were the winners. Yesterday, the biggest sports story probably, uh, I mean, Michigan beats Vanderbilt game one. They were 101 a hundred to one odds to win this thing, and now they're one win away uh, from the college World Series championship as they kind of beat up on Vanderbilt. Also, the U.S. advances to the quarterfinals after beating Spain two to one. They get an early PK. Megan Rapinoe scores. Uh, Spain then tied it up about five minutes later, and then we got another penalty kick. This one later in the contest, about the uh, I want to say the seventy-sixth minute. Although it's, I'm not going to actually go check, it was around the seventy-fifth minute. Just just trust me. At, you know they did video they did video review and deemed yes it was a penalty, and then Rapino gets to take another PK and she puts it in the same exact place in the U.S. Wins 2-1, to one, and now they advance to play the host nation, France. Apparently, the cheapest ticket on the resale market right now is $680. So that could be a raucous environment. We'll see. That one, uh, the other quarterfinals, I think, are, you know, the, the ticket prices are in the $30, $40 range. This one's all the way up to 681 uh, as high as 11,000, 
There are a bunch of $2,000, $3,000 tickets. So the U.S. versus France. There was talk, you know, at the, the last group play, group stage game, that the U.S. would be better off to lose that game to Sweden to get on the other side of the bracket from France to avoid them until the championship. America didn't do that. They beat Sweden, uh, so they'll have to play France here in the round of 16, although like I said on the radio, the U.S. shouldn't be dodging anybody in this tournament. Uh, that game is on Friday. Tiger Woods dropped from a wrongful death lawsuit. He had been named in a wrongful death lawsuit by uh, the family of a bartender who crashed his car and died after leaving Woods' restaurant. Well, they have voluntarily dismissed Woods as a defendant, said, look, Tiger doesn't really have anything to do with this. He's not even the owner of the restaurant. He's just an investor. However, the parents of Nicholas Emsberger uh, still has the lawsuit ongoing against the restaurant. It's called the Woods Jupiter. And Tiger's girlfriend, who serves as general manager. Tiger's probably happy that he hadn't put a ring on it yet because he could still say, eh, this is on you. Although Tiger, I guess, is going to end up paying for a lawyer. Paying for the restaurant's lawyer. I, I don't know, but at least Woods has had his name taken off of the suit. He probably uh, feels relieved about that. Those wrongful death lawsuits are always crazy. I mean, he was a bartender who his parents said had a drinking problem and that the, the restaurant helped make that worse by letting him stay after after closed drink. And I don't know how common that is. I got a couple friends who work in the restaurant business and they say they frequently do that and then stay there and let the staff drink until 5 a.m., which seems kind of dangerous and seems kind of uh, stupid, but I guess it's something that uh, happens. I would say it's not going to happen at the Woods Jupiter uh, anymore. Some local Tennessee news. Uh, first things first, that, that jerk Ryan Klein uh, leaves basketball, retires from basketball. I saw this headline. I mean, he, he said he had some offers to play in the G League or overseas, but said his body was wearing down and he didn't want to do it. And then four, five, six years later, come back and be behind. So uh, the guy who knocked out Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield says, hey, you know what? It's not ever going to get better than that. I'm just retiring from basketball and I'm going to go into the medical, you know, the medical industry to do sales. So I guess he's going to do some pharmaceutical sales or something of the sorts. He says he wants to capitalize on his name in the Midwest while he still can, which just don't come to Knoxville, buddy. Okay. You better not come to Knoxville. Although someone here will probably line up to give you a job too, because uh, you're such a competitor and it was just a great shooting performance. Ah, some happy local news. Vols get four-star safety in-state guy Keyshawn Lawrence. He was, he was, uh, you know, a big, big name that we were looking for, and he was down in Miami this last weekend. His video he released uh, had him show a Miami shirt. On the second rewatch, you could clearly see there's a Tennessee T under it. As he takes off his Miami shirt, he reveals he's all vol as he does it, shoots it down in Nashville where he's from. So I was told 
that this is the the next just uh, I guess chip to fall. That there's a couple other studs getting ready to announce soon. So Tennessee recruiting heating up a little bit, but in-state recruiting sucked last year. So far this year, uh, it's been a priority. There's been a lot of blue chip talent, which is something that hopefully means Tennessee will eventually be good again. We've been waiting for this for a long time, 10 years, but the in-state talent, Nashville booming, obviously uh, gives more blue chippers there. And Tennessee, between this and, and Cooper Mays, and now there's a couple other guys locally, uh, Tennessee could put together a pretty good class in 2019. We have obviously been keeping an eye on what's going on in Iran. You know, they shot down a U.S. drone. We talked about that on, I believe, Sunday night or at least a couple of days ago. I, I don't remember. Maybe it was last week. But so far, the U.S. has held off on any physical attacks. Instead, they have just put sanctions. Uh, you know, it targets the top of Iran's top leadership and those thought responsible for uh, downing a U.S. drone flying near the country. Uh, that has, you know, that, that was a $130 million U.S. drone. But under these sanctions from President Trump, uh, Iran is likely losing more than $120 million a day, which is eventually going to, I guess, lead to some type of, uh, you know, Iran maybe coming, wanting to, uh, have a conversation, Iran wanting to have a meeting, or it'll lead to just, uh, you know, war through that way. But so far, uh, Trump has not gone physical. He's just put in sanctions that has made it really tough uh, to trade. The sanctions join with previous U.S. imposed restrictions on trade with Iran to form some of the harshest sanctions on any country in the world. Iran's oil exports are down to a scant three hundred thousand dollars, or three hundred, excuse me, three hundred thousand barrels per day in April 2018, before Trump exited the Iran deal. Uh, that was in exchange for them not to build nuclear weapons. Iran was exporting two point five million dollars, or dollars, quit saying dollars, you idiot, two point five million barrels a day. So from two point five million barrels a day in April of 2018, all the way down to three hundred thousand. Again, so we're looking at almost $120 million per day in oil alone. That's a lot of production. That's a lot of production. So obviously you can do the math there. So the economic war is a reality and people are under extreme pressure, says a 22-year-old accounting accountant living in Iran. Uh, they keep telling us to be strong and endure the pressures, but we can already hear the sound of our bones breaking. Inflation is over 37%, according to government statistics. More than 3 million people, or 12% of working-age citizens, are unemployed. The rate doubles for, uh, uh, for educated youth. Iranians can hardly get their hands on cell phones. The price of everyday items have skyrocketed for average workers. Uh, so... Right now, the financial strain, uh, you know, believes that this is going to... Uh, basically, the financial strain is what made the, the drone shoot down predictable. Uh, so, so many people think that was, you know, Iran's first, uh, you know, blow in the war, basically, to try to... I, I don't know what they're trying to... I guess 
I mean, I don't think scaring the U.S. would be what what they were trying to do, but they have, uh, I guess, made it made it clear that they're unhappy with what the hell's going on over here. So financially, financially is where the U.S. is trying to really squeeze Iran. Well, that's the sad news. Uh, let's get some good news here. Uh, Amazon Prime. All right, Amazon Prime Day. That's when they do their big sales and everyone shops and everyone's happy. Uh, they announced that their day will be a full 48 hours this year. Okay, so you get two days. Amazon Prime Days will run from July 15th to July 16th. Uh, they'll give you 48 hours. It's expected to be one of the largest online shopping events of the year, obviously. Uh, let's see. Let's look at a couple of deals they may have. Okay, let's see. Uh, where are the deals? Um, you can get three months of Kindle Unlimited for a dollar. Uh, Audible, so there's Sony headphones. Uh, so Noise-canceling headphones. Okay, Sony wireless noise-canceling headphones. $98 instead of $198. Okay. Okay, you get a little a personal water, water, uh, water filter for hiking. For $9.99 instead of $24.95. All right, so you're saving $15. I mean, there's a lot of uh, stuff. There's the Echo, seven thirty. Okay, yeah. You can get a iRobot Roomba. You could save one hundred thirty-five dollars on that. All right. So yeah, the Amazon Prime Day, the fifteenth through the sixteenth. Love the mafia stories. Love that an Italian mafia boss has escaped from a detention center in Uruguay, where he was awaiting extradition to Italy. Uh, Rocco Morabito, uh, what a name, Rocco Morabito, a notorious member of the uh, Calabrian Mafia, has been one of Italy's most wanted fugitives since 1994. They got him in 2017 after more than 20 years on the run, or so they thought. They thought they had him for drug trafficking and organized crime activities in Italy. They were sentencing him to 30 years in prison. However, the drug kingpin and three other inmates managed to break out through a hole and out onto the rooftop of the building late on Sunday night. They robbed a nearby farmhouse before fleeing. Um, they thought they had him, but they did not. They obviously want him back and have issued the highest priority international arrest warrant. Um, Man, so now they're after him. Obviously, they think that he had some help inside to be able to do this. Um, he is considered one of the most sought-after members of the family. Uh, he's one of Italy's most five-wanted fugitives. He, used, he entered Uruguay using false Brazilian identification, including a bogus birth certificate. He lived in a you know local village. When he was arrested, he had 13 cell phones, an automatic pistol, 12 credit and debit cards, a large quantity of Uruguayan money and 50,000 in U.S. cash plus currency certificates worth 100,000 U.S. dollars. I love these stories, even though we're not supposed to be rooting for the bad guy. I always find myself rooting for the bad guys, but uh, we got a mafia member on the run escaping. All right. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll talk again on Wednesday.